Today's show is sponsored by CastCartel.com, your premium spirits marketplace. They are like the Amazon of the spirits industry. What you can do is go to CastCartel.com. They will match you up with retailers that want to sell you liquor over the internet. Yes, some of the allocated stuff is going to cost more. It's because it's convenient. You don't have to wait in line. You don't have to go to a raffle. You don't have to camp out overnight. You can go to CastCartel.com and get it shipped directly to your door. The daily drinkers are going to be more on par with what you would find in the store. So check them out for yourselves. Go to cascartel.com. Follow them at cascartel on Instagram. They're always doing awesome giveaways for their followers. Today's show is also sponsored by distilleryproducts.com, your source to get wholesale glassware, custom laser etched glass. If you are a store, if you are a distillery, if you are a bourbon group, reach out to me. I will get you in touch with Carson and Janie and Vicky and all the good folks over at distilleryproducts.com. If you go to any distillery, chances are they are using distilleryproducts.com for their glassware and they have options awesome wholesale prices. We use them for our dad's drinking bourbon glasses. I know a bunch of other people that use them too. You can get Glenn's, Wee Glenn's, the Kenzie Dram, the Tipsy Dram, a regular rocks glass, the Tua, the Neat glass. They're the only place in North America where you can get a custom laser etched neat glass. Check them out. Distilleryproducts.com. Reach out to me. I would love to get you in touch with them. So I got a pretty good one for you. The, uh, over the weekend, I took the boy up to uh, the other John in my life, uh, John Mason's house. They've got a uh, a golden retriever, and the boy loves playing with that dog. So we try and go up on the weekends and hang out and have some uh, some Tucker time. His name's Tucker. You know, it's a few blocks up from us, and uh, it's, it's kind of in the middle of the, I guess, community, so to speak. And so folks always just kind of come over and hang out with their dogs while we're there and whatnot. And, you know, there'll be two or three or four easily that pass in and out over the course of an hour or two. And so as this is going on, the dogs are commingling and whatever, um, one of them starts like kind of, humping another dog and all of a sudden charleston just looks over and goes hey look piggyback rides Hello, everyone. My name is John Edwards, and with me, as always, is Zeke Baker, and together we make the Dad's Trick of Bourbon. Wherever you are, whatever time it is, thank you for making us a part of your day. How are you, my friend? I'm good, but uh, no, we laughed about that. Like, I look over at John, and we're just like, oof. Yeah, we're we're not touching that one. Like, no, nope, 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 nope. Not going anywhere near that thing. Isn't that good? You know, it's cold, shitty weather around here still. They say it's going to snow again. <sighs> Old chubby groundhogs. Groundhog saw his damn cheeks, so I don't know. Never ending winter, you know. As Southerners, we don't uh, we don't fare too well in the winter. Did I ever tell you about the time? I mean, I know you're trying to change the subject here. I think I said it as a cold open on the show. I took Sophia to the zoo and it was just her and I, and we were walking, and it was right when the bear exhibit first started, mm-hmm, 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 and mm-hmm, mm-hmm, the bears were mm-hmm, kind of, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was me and all these moms and their kids, right? So it was like, what are the bears doing? I was like, y'all know what the bears are doing. <laughs> it was like that Bloodhound Gang song. <laughs> I think I said something like, they're doing something that you only see on the National Geographic channel. 
How that we've had a fun time talking about all that stuff. I think we should talk about, I mean, the Super Bowl happened. Zeke, our friends over at Action 24-7, they are the only sports book by Tennesseans for Tennesseans. If you use code DADS100, they will match your first deposit up to 100 bucks. You've been on a winning track record. How'd you do on the Super Bowl? Did you even bet anything? I did not. I got jammed up doing a few things before the game. And literally, it was within like five minutes of kickoff. And uh, I chimed in on the asshole chat to uh, ask Bellino, because he and I have been uh, co-betting these things lately. Like, all right, what are we betting on? He's like, man, I like the Chiefs. I was like, okay. So I was like, all right, I'm cool with that. And then I realized I need to order, uh, you know, some pizza and shit too. And I thought that was more of the timely decision to take care of versus the bet. And then when I got on the app, kickoff had already happened. So whoopsie daisy. But it saved me some money. So I'll, I'll live to fight another day. You were going to bet against Tom Brady? Well, the spread was involved as well. All right, fair enough. I mean, you you, you got to think about it. Sports betting, that, that's where you got to take the, the heart out of it and put the mind in it. I don't care who it is. Like, there's always a spread. There's always other things to factor in. It's not just, uh, you know, head-to-head, mano-a-mano or whatever. Can I make you feel bad for a second? I mean, you can try based on this uh, Sherpa I'm wearing. I don't think you can. <laughs> you are wearing a, a woman's shirt again. But if you bet the underdog, the spread no longer is in play because the underdog would beat the spread by winning. I mean, I get what you're saying, but it's still kind of a moot point. The spread only comes into play if you're betting the favorite, because then the favorite not only has to win, but they have to win by a certain amount of points. If you bet the underdog, all they have to do is win. No matter what, got money on their mind, they can never get enough. That's fine. You you log in and you just go find every underdog and bet them from now till the cows come home. And you tell me how much money's in that account. Well, it's betting the right underdog. It's betting Tom <laughs> Brady in the Super Bowl when that defensive line was going to go to town. So you're saying your previous statement is not absolutely applicable at all times in any way i'm not saying bet the underdog every single time but i'm just saying when you bet the underdog you don't have to worry about the spread or when you bet the favored team like with bama and ohio state and they know they're gonna beat the shit out of them you still didn't really need the spread like you know it was gonna happen it is also applicable there but now Football is over. There are other sports. What are you going to move to? Are you going to move to college basketball? Are you going to move to car racing? Are you going to move to table tennis, hockey, MMA? What's your jam now that you're going to look at? Uh, I'll just be when the notion hits, you know, when you, uh, like they say, when you feel froggy, you jump. But I've got the app on my phone. All I got to do is click a couple of buttons and whammy, I'm ready. Well, you got to risk it for the biscuit. So this is by Tennesseans for Tennesseans. It's action247.com. You got action with action 24-7. Use code DADS100 and they will match your first deposit up to 100 bucks. And thank you. I know that's supposed to be an advertisement, but we really enjoy talking about sports and use it as an opportunity to kind of bullshit with each other about sports for a minute. Well, did you see the bit about the streaker, though? Oh. The the thing you sent where the streaker bet the prop bet that there was going to be a streaker. 
it was in our, it was in the asshole chat, but yeah, like that's craziness. For those of you that don't understand, Zeke says things sometimes that are inside and he doesn't explain it. I was getting there. You, you cut me off. I was going to say there was a picture posted and it was referring to the streaker in the game. The gist of the story was for anyone that didn't see it was there was one of the prop bets was like 400 or 375 K that there would be a streaker or not. And so these two guys took the flyer on it and bet like 750 bucks. And because toward the end of the game, nobody had streaked. His buddy tried to go first almost as a decoy action. And that guy got, you know, caught by security early on. Never made it to the field, but because he had distracted all the security officials, you know, the gate was wide open for him to just take off and get at it. And the, uh, I think the, 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 the punchline at the bottom was like, best 750 I've ever bet paid out 375K. And after paying 1K for bail for streaking, I got 374 in my pocket. I mean, I would hope he cut, you know, the other guy in half or something, but who knows? That's a cool story, bro. But what I was going to say was that the asshole chat is a Facebook messenger chat that is us and the rest of our group of friends that are called the assholes zeke casually mentions hey yeah it's in the asshole chat bellino's in there well that's our friend tony bellino for those of you wondering so there's a whole group of us we chat on messenger constantly too much so much so that i've had to mute it and i check in a few times a day and then zeke yells at me for not having read back but there are some people there that i swear don't work and just chat all day (laughs) anyways speaking of doing some work we have something that is severely overdue zeke and that is our friend sean joseph sent us over a sample of the five-year vertical bourbon now what i did was i went out and bought a bottle in full disclosure and then i gave the media sample to you because that's the type of guy i am and this is five-year vertical mgp bourbon it is 75 percent corn 20.5 percent rye and 4.5 percent malted barley if you're keeping score at home that is not a regular mash bill at mgp so they did some blending I'm sure here. It is 104 proof, 52% ABV, comes in at 50 bucks. And again, this is their vertical series. So these are barrels that were all bought in the same lot. They are aging over nine years, releasing 150 barrels a year in the vertical series. The cool thing they're doing, people are going to be really pissed off by the end of the nine years if they did not get these four and five years because they're not going to be able to complete the vertical. Any questions, Zeke? So wait. Did you say this? the mash bill listed would lead to the thought this was a blend of mash bills? Sorry. That's what I'm thinking. I don't know any MGP recipe that's 75% corn, 20.5% rye, and 4.5% malted barley. Fair enough. Which is not off the top of my head. I'm speculating, Sean, if I'm wrong, I'm really sorry, but I have to think, I know Sean is a master blender and a master taster. That is kind of where his wheelhouse is. I have to think they're going to blend here. No, that makes sense. I I just, um, I turned away and like halfway coughed, so I couldn't really hear what you were saying. I was trying to get away from the microphone, sorry. I would almost say, though, I think anyone that has the early years and misses like the last one or the next last one would be even more pissed because you're like, damn it, I've been sitting here building this collection for how long? And now I missed the fucking final one? Like, are you kidding me right now? And you know, that's why I bought a case of the four-year just to have something in my pocket in case somebody needs one and I'm missing out on one of the older ones. Well, at least you're not playing pocket pool. No, I'm playing chess. What did you think about this whiskey, Zeke Baker? What did I think about it? Let's see. Nose-wise... 
I thought it was somewhere between graham crackers and Nilla wafers. Less noticeable aspects I picked up were some light corn, some bright oak, and I use the word bright just in a sense of it. It still seemed like fresh, vibrant, um, like you know the the juice was still very much beginning to really uh, take off the characteristics of it, not like something that's been sitting around for forever. Um, and then I lastly put juicy fruit. Palette-wise, the first thing I really noticed was uh, just a, a rich, malty characteristic to it. It's kind of surprising at how low the the percent is for this in the mash bill to me. And it almost seems like a, I don't know, I put semi-sweet chocolates, but it's not bitter. But it, it's not milk chocolate. I, I don't know. I don't eat much chocolate. I really don't. You know, I'm a sugar kid. It's some variant of chocolate. I'm just probably using the wrong damn word, so I apologize. I thought that it kind of had like a slight crispiness or heat towards the back. It's not overwhelming, but anyone that uh, likes a hug, wants a hug, or doesn't want to think they're drinking something that's quote unquote weak, this should fulfill that component for you. I thought it had a good viscosity uh, and it held its profile well. And really by that, what I mean is, you know, it's five years and there were some flashes of corn in there. Every now and then kind of seemed to be tasting the barrel maybe a little too much, but it was always just in a flash and it, it never really like hung around or stood out enough to, to be overly noticeable. And I, I, I really admired that the most about this blend is I thought front to back, it really stayed true to form. I guess if you wanted to ding that as not being complex, fine, have at it. But at the end of the day, I also appreciate uniformity and delivering a, a solid product, you know, from A to Z, so to speak. It's funny because it wasn't until the very end that I finally thought we were drinking the same thing. There were aspects that I had that were similar towards the end, but the nose, I really got a lot of vanilla and marshmallow, which, you know, I guess if you kind of put those together, it's kind of the vanilla wafer smell. Taste, a lot of oak, pepper, and tobacco on the front that moved into caramel vanilla with a corn in the mid palate. It kind of moved. It was a little bit more of a kick, char, oak in the front. And then once it got kind of right to the middle of my mouth is where it turned. Finish, oak, leather, tobacco with a slight corn linger. But it definitely tasted a little bit older than a five-year, which I thought was very surprising. It was a very mature five-year whiskey i think one of the interesting things is that from the four-year to the five-year the the four-year was at 98 proof and the five-year was at 104 so there is a kick that's up higher i liked it i liked it a lot i love i mean this is kind of a no-brainer like i feel bad getting to this part of the podcast because Yes, buy it, buy the vertical. How cool is it going to be to have nine whiskeys that each go up one year that you could sit there and blind and just have fun with and have your buddies over once the whole vertical is out and you can taste how this lot progresses. It's one of the coolest things. Not a lot of people have done this. It's another just example of Charles and Sean and all the rest of the folks over there at Pinhook thinking outside the box. I'm super pumped about it. I love seeing how it changes. It's a no-brainer. Go buy it, especially for 50 bucks. Where are you going to find five-year MGP priced decently? There's only a couple other brands that are doing it. No, I agree. Uh, maybe not always with your tasting notes, but you know that's par for the course. 
um, and I can't remember what was it we had somewhere recently from Pinhooks, and it was one of the first times. Um, you know, we both just weren't gung ho about it, but with this release, uh, I'm definitely happy to see. I feel like it's a little bit different trend. Sometimes I, I think, you know, when we've talked with Sean in the past, we can laugh and kind of be like, all right, well, really felt like this was, you know, in your wheelhouse or not. But I, I don't can't place anything they've had in the past that quite had this profile to it. So, you know, maybe when he's been on a break from Instagram tutorials, he's been posting the past couple of months now to, uh, I assume, keep Sandy and have some humor during the, uh, the Rona and whatnot. Maybe it's a, a palate swing or, or something else going on, or he's just in a funny mood, but... Uh, you know, change is good. I, I think we all uh, can welcome that to a degree. Now, I am waiting for his cooking channel show on the Food Network, but I think the Castle and Key distillate and the stuff that he's doing with those bourbons is really blending to his wheelhouse. The one that we did not like was the first rye from Castle and Key. That's the one that we kind of just said, we didn't love this one as much as the other stuff, but we know that each release is a different blend with him. So it's like, even if we're not huge fans of one, it's like, all right, we'll try again next year because we don't know how it's going to be. It's not like you could sit there and say it's always going to have this taste profile and we are always going to like it or dislike it. It's each blend, each batch is different. And then we had that high proof Bohemian that tastes like Frosted Flakes. <laughs> and we're just like, man, this is so good. So it's like, the beautiful thing about a brand like Pinhook is you are going to find something you like from them, whether or not it's the MGP in the vertical series, the castle and key distillate in a high proof or a low proof, the rye in a high proof or a low proof. There's something that you can probably find that you will agree with that Pinhook is doing. And uh, again, if you uh, also have some free time or board time uh, during everything going on, Sean's Instagram is literally just hashtag spelled out dot bourbon. It's fun times. It always gives me a laugh. And I just want to know when he's going to cut his hair. I think we need to get some prop bets on that, actually. I am very jealous about his hair, but I liked the one the other day. <laughs> what? You're jealous of anyone with more than two hairs. I am jealous of anyone that has more than two hairs on their head. Let's clarify this. Yeah, I know. We're not talking back and ass. I know I'm jealous of people that don't have back and ass hair more back. I mean, but I did really enjoy Sean's video about using a meat thermometer. It's got everything that I love. It's funny. It's also ironically funny. It's intelligent. It's good. No, time. I mean, it's, it's, it's all practical and useful knowledge. I don't think any of them take more than like seven minutes. So it's not going to eat up your day. I think in my world, um, it's ideal for, uh, you know, when shit time rolls around when you're on the clock at work like that, hey, there we go. Let's learn something new today, boy. I don't know. It's hard to keep up with the uh, assholes chat and Sean's videos. <laughs> Anyways, um, I'm sure you're a buy on this as well, right, Zeke? I am. I even had the uh, the funny notion to think like uh, kind of the profile and as sweet as this is, um, you know, should a pick roll around uh, and it's very similarly profiled instead of like Nilla wafers, we call it Nola wafers. Oh, I like that. These things pop in the head from time to time. Well, go ahead and find <laughs> us on Facebook at Dad's Drinking Bourbon. Twitter, Bourbon Dads, Instagram, at Dads Drinking Bourbon. Find us wherever you download your podcast. Chances are you already have because you're listening to us right now. Zeke, where else can the folks find us? Good old Nashville, Tennessee, far as I know. Uh, holding it down here in the uh, the Arctic tundra of the South. Cheers. Ciao.